Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the best ways to do that is to focus on all things fun and creative. Of course, there's no better place to find fun and creativity than the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. That's why today's show is going to be especially exciting. Our guest, Bruce Steele, is a journalist and an uber-Disney fan who has produced one of the most beautiful and truly fascinating books I have ever seen. It's called One Day at Disney, and it's the product of an incredible 24-hour, round-the-world journey into the people and places that make the magic for our grandchildren and us to enjoy. Bruce is joining us today to share all about this amazing book and this amazing place. I can't wait to find out more. So welcome, Bruce. Hi, thanks for having me on. Well, I do have to say this book is not only a treasure trove of really interesting information, but the photographs, as you well know, are, I mean, really stunning. And I was just thinking that Mickey and Minnie would be so proud to have this book on their coffee table. Uh, it must have been a big labor of love for you. It was, it was a lot of fun. The book's been in the works for four years. Uh, I only got involved about a year ago, and then uh, we shot all the photographs, as the, as the name implies, on one day at Disney, and that day was February 21st of this year. Well, that is that in in and of itself is pretty amazing because I do want to. I haven't uh, added the subtitle of the book, but the official title of the book is "One Day at Disney: Meet the People Who Make the Magic Across the Globe." So you said you are actually a fairly recent addition to this, but do you know how the idea got started? Uh, and, and because this is a major endeavor, it is a major endeavor. And in fact, there's there's four pages in the back of the book, two pages that just list the photographers and the and the uh, photo teams that were involved, and two pages that just list other people in the company who helped out. So it took a lot of people to make this happen. Uh, the idea originally came from Bob Iger, who's the CEO of the company. I think. Uh, I haven't talked to Bob about this myself, although he is in the book and did submit to an interview. Uh, but we didn't talk about the origin of the idea. But I believe that Bob just goes around the world uh, as part of his job and meets all of these interesting people at all of the Disney properties. We're not just talking about the parks. We're talking about all the Disney properties, and that includes Pixar and Marvel and ESPN and ABC and so forth. And I think he just meets all these people with interesting jobs and thought it would be cool to share some of those jobs with the rest of the world. Well, and of course you did that, and I want to get into that in one minute, but I thought I, I, in the introduction I mentioned you were an uber Disney fan. So was it childhood memories you have? What kind of led you to your passion for all things Disney? Um, well, we became a Disney family when my husband, Christopher Oakley, was recruited by Disney to become an animator in the 1990s. Uh, this was back when there weren't very many computer animators, and Disney needed computer animators to make a movie called Dinosaur that came out in 2000. Wow. So uh, for five or six years, we were a Disney family. Christopher was an animator. Uh, and I had my, what they called the, they used to call the Silver Pass, so that I could go down to, we lived in Los Angeles. I could go down to Disneyland and take up to three friends anytime I wanted and get in for free. It was, it was great. 
Well, I have to say, and, and I, we're going to talk about you in the book, but I have very fond memories because I'm at an age when I remember when the first Disneyland opened, and what a treat that I grew up in California and in Northern California, but that was like the best gift any kid could have had. It certainly has, it certainly has lived up to that early reputation. And now you have interviewed 80 Disney employees, or the, they, not you necessarily personally, but 80 Disney employees were interviewed from all areas. What were some of the more memorable people that you've included in the book? Oh, I, I interviewed every single person in the book. So I interviewed almost 80 people for the book. Um, they, they were all memorable in their way. I mean, the, the fellow that we talk about the most in terms of having the most surprising job is a guy named Tom Self. And Tom uh, is a Navy veteran. And when he was in the Navy, he learned everything you need to know about being a machinist. As there, you, know, you can imagine, there's a lot of machinery on a Navy ship and he could fix it all. So when he came back to the United States, he got a job at Disneyland. And at one point, they needed somebody who could go and work on the mechanics of the uh, attractions that are all underwater. And they needed somebody who could scuba dive. And Tom said, I can scuba dive. So that's his job now. He, uh, he goes to work at 11 o'clock at night. He puts on his scuba outfit, grabs his toolkit, and jumps into the waters of the Jungle Cruise or the uh, Finding Nemo submarine ride or the Rivers of America and, and fixes things, makes sure that it's ready for the next day. Well, and it's interesting how, I mean, all of the people in the book, well, there's certain common threads, but they have all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of responsibilities, because as you mentioned, I mean, Disney is not just necessarily Disneyland, but it is a major employer in the world and really uses people with all these kinds of various skill sets. But one of the things I was interested in, too, is did you find any commonalities when you talked to the people about the reasons that they wanted to work for Disney? Were there any values that they shared or, I, you know, kinds of things that drew them to want to work for Disney? Well, I think there's two answers to that question. Uh, one is uh, these are people who really knew what fascinated them from an early age there's lots of childhood stories of people like people who are imagineers who uh put together the attractions in the theme parks and you know when they were kids they used to take apart the ceiling fans or the their pencil sharpeners and put them back together again or they put on shows for their family in the living room using humidifiers to make smoke so these are people who knew what interested them from the get-go and that's not just the imagineers but that's uh, bakers and uh, all kinds of people who work for the company, uh, broadcasters, journalists. Uh, so that's one thing that was common to all of them. And the other, I, I think, is no matter what part of the company you're in, everybody was very focused on what I would call the guest experience. Uh, and that's not just at the parks where, of course, you actually meet uh, the guests in person, uh, but that's, you know, Robin Roberts at ABC who stays after Good Morning America every single day that she tapes to talk to the people who were there. Uh, that's David Muir, who hosts ABC World News Tonight, who likes to get out of the studio and talk to people. He takes the subway home and uh, sometimes has to deliver the uh, entire newscast a second time for somebody on the, sitting next to him on the subway. He says, <laughs> so, so, David, what happened today? So these are people who are very focused on not making themselves, not aggrandizing themselves, but really making sure that the products and experiences that they create are the best for the people that they're creating them for. 
Well, I I get that feeling that it's not only, I mean, it's not, I, I mean, money's nice and it's nice to be, you know, have a place to go to for work and all that, but there is a higher calling if you want to work at Disney, I think, in, in maybe a variety of ways, but it sounds like, like you say, the guest experience and really, you know, presenting something that, you know, people walk away happy that they've had an interaction with you or watched you on the news or whatever. So I, I think that's great. And two, speaking of, you know, you said you were a Disney family. Uh, but did any of those jobs when you were interviewing people kind of pique your own interest? Yeah, uh, I've, a- I've been asked which of these jobs I would like to do, and, and my answer is always you would have to magically endow me with a lot of skills that I don't have to do uh, most of these people's <laughs> jobs. Uh, the one job that I think, I- I'm probably wrong, but the one job that I like to imagine that I could do is we talked to a guy named Corey Amrine, who is a guide for Adventures by Disney, which is the travel adventure part of the company and he guides people all over the world he's been to Machu Picchu 41 times and guides people takes people into the Sistine Chapel when there's nobody there except their tour group Uh, we caught up with him in Costa Rica when they were doing a catamaran adventure with folks I would like to think that I could take people on tours around the world I could do that right well I would think so and you know you just have to go right along with them right (laughs) that's right well, and the cool thing about what Corey does is wherever he's going on a, one of these adventures by Disney, uh, there's there's a Corey who's from Disney, and there's also a local tour guide. So uh, if I was doing that job, I'd, I'd automatically have the support of, of somebody local to guide me around. Well, that does sound like a wonderful job. It really does. But all of them, I mean, there's so many in this book, and there's so many different areas. Like, you know, I am actually a former career counselor, so it's interesting how people's skill sets and what they're, you know, what they tend to be good at, that's what you really show best to the world. And if you're doing it for the guest experience or some other form of reaching out to people, I think it's just super. So before we run, though, I want to say in addition to the book, there's also a documentary. So how can people find out more about the documentary? Uh, and of course get the book but uh, tell us a little bit about where we can go to find out more information about One Day at Disney Well I mean I hope folks will go to their local bookstores their local independent bookstores as a a first uh, attempt to find the book but those who uh, can't get to the Disney theme parks and want to experience One Day at Disney sort of live and feel like you're there there's not just one documentary but there's going to be 52 documentaries uh, profiling wow. 52 of the cast members in the book, and that's going to be on the Disney Plus streaming service. They've already, we've already posted a, uh, a one-hour version that includes 10 cast members, and then we're posting one more, one new cast member, five, about five to seven minutes uh, of each little documentary about each little cast member uh, every week uh, for the next year. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, and I have to say, I did get a chance to look at the preview. It's already up. You can Google it. And um, it's just wonderful. But even the preview is a couple minutes, but it just inspires you and kind of gives you that Disney glow, I have to say. Well, Bruce, I I really enjoyed talking with you. Uh, But before we have to leave, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience about your experience uh, interviewing people or creating the book or anything you'd like to share with us about One Day at Disney? Well, I mean, the cool thing about One Day at Disney is that it was, it's a day that takes place all over the globe, from Tokyo to Shanghai to Paris to Costa Rica, Bahamas. Um, so, I mean, my favorite experience that I like to talk about in interviewing people was uh, when I was talking to Tokyo at 7 o'clock in the morning to a woman named Kei Namiki, who's a stage manager for the parades in Tokyo Disneyland. 
and there was all this noise on the line at seven o'clock in the morning. And I and I asked them, "What's that sound? And can we do anything about that?" And they said, "Well, the fireworks are going off." So there I was, you know, in my pajamas, having my morning coffee, and in in Paris, in uh, Tokyo, they were watching the evening fireworks. So it just goes to show you how global Disney is, and how no matter what time of day or where you are, uh, there's something going on. Well, and there is something going on for sure, and this book really highlights it and presents it in, as I mentioned at the beginning, truly stunning photographs. And, and as I said too, that Mickey and Minnie would want you to, <laughs> would be very proud to to share this book with you. And I thank you, Bruce. What what a fascinating interview. Thanks for sharing your information, your expertise, and of course your Disney passion with us. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's been a lot of fun. Well, and all you listeners out there, please check out uh, One Day at Disney. You can find it in bookstores across America. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on you know, Disney. Just Google it because it really it would make a wonderful holiday gift for someone who loves Disney and who doesn't. Uh, and it's most definitely a treasure trove of both fascinating information as well as a feast for the eyes. So Take a look at it, check it out, and thanks again to you, Bruce. And until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye now.